Timo, Timo, Timo. That's right. Welcome to the Trap Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Botch, live from Santa Teresa, Costa Rica. Um, I bring you this episode of the Trap. So the last time I left you guys, it was Tuesday. Uh, no, it was Wednesday. The Devils had just lost a really sloppy game to the Montreal Canadiens. Th- they came off of a great couple days of hockey where they played very structured versus Winnipeg, and they pl- they blew Pittsburgh out. And then they had a real disappointing letdown game versus the Montreal Canadiens that they should have won. And uh, Montembeau, while he played good, it was really more the Devils playing sloppy. Um, and we talked about it in the last episode how sometimes when the Devils have a inferior opponent that they stoop to their level and maybe it, it gets to, to me it feels like they can try to run them out of the building um, so that's where we left off on Wednesday that was the last episode since then this has been one of the greatest weeks of devil's hockey I could remember literally in the past 20 years and, and I really mean that um, you know, you think about there was a lot of there's been some exciting times over the past ten years, and obviously the Taylor Hall MVP year was very um, rejuvenating for a fan base that has been dying for some success for a long time. And then we had the we're gonna deal Taylor Hall, and we had to wrap our heads around what kind of package we were going to get. I wanted Bowen Byram at the time and, 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 and what have you. And if you look at the return that we got from that trade um, and the way it's panned out now, it's insane. I mean, Mercer, Siegenthaler, and Ball. But I would say besides winning the draft lottery and getting Jack Hughes and getting Nico Heischer... This has been one of the greatest weeks, if you're a New Jersey Devil fan, as I can remember in a very long time. Um, So the pickle, my father, he flew in from Jupiter, Florida to Newark on Thursday, and he was going to catch the the game versus the Kings on Thursday and the game um, on Saturday versus the Flyers with me. And it's special. Like, it really is. Like... For the people that are really submersed and emotionally connected to this team and have been watching them as long as we have, it's um, it's more than just a game. It's a bonding experience. It's competitiveness. It's passion. You live and die by what the team does, and you share that with your with your family members or your friends. And that's what makes sports so great. And I would say the le- the past, you know, I guess it's been about 72 hours have been some of the best and some of the most rewarding devil's hours of my life. So, or at least in the past 20 years. So Thursday, he comes in for the game. And we're super excited. He is a diehard Devils fan. We don't get to see as many games live. He doesn't. We don't get to see them together. I go to I go to like all the games, but we don't get to go to as many games live as we would like. 
because he lives in Florida. So we came up, and he was pumped. He's he's super diehard. They, for you guys that follow me on Twitter, you saw the picture that I posted of him celebrating on Saturday night that the Devils took. And um, the Devils came out, and they did not look very sharp on Thursday. It felt like we were going to give that game up. I feel like we didn't deserve to win. We got very lucky. Dawson Mercer has just been... A total animal. Total animal. Um, and the the talk, you know, the talk around the whole week has been Timo Meyer, obviously. And the Devils are able to score a goal late on what was literally like a mind-blowing play from both Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer, our cornerstones. It was Nico was hoping that Jack was going to literally pass it to him and he was going to be able to deflect it and Jack literally passed it to Nico's stick hoping for a deflection so that gives you an idea of the type of chemistry and the type of level of hockey sense that these guys have even though they don't even play in the same line and to see the two of those guys together uh, get us into overtime and then sure enough we went on overtime with a beautiful goal by Dawson Mercer, who, as soon as he gave the puck up to Hamilton, he went directly to the net, and Hamilton knew exactly where he was going with it. Dougie Hamilton has been playing out of his mind. Um, and it was it was really like... The, it was the basically Thursday night defined the Devils' season so far. Comeback win with the goalie pulled, um, win in overtime... And Mercer is on what Jack Hughes would call a serious heater. Saturday night rolls around, and it was awesome because they were celebrating the 2003 Stanley Cup team. And we, uh, we, we ended up, we got into town early. I had tickets to go in, and you could take pictures with the uh, alumni that were there for the game. We didn't do any of that, but we did go in, and we checked them out, and we took some pictures with our phone, uh, we didn't wait in the lines or anything, but it was just amazing to see Scott Stevens and Scott Niedermeyer and Marty Brodeur and Mike Rupp and all the guys that we grew up watching and the guys that really, I mean, were super instrumental, I mean, foundational pieces of an entire franchise's history. So it was really cool. I mean, Sergey Breland. So everyone was everyone was jazzed up. We ended up leaving that, and we walked across the street to American Whiskey. The Brat Pack was there, and he had 250-plus people that he had coordinated to go to the game. And then um, the Let's Go Devils podcast was there, and uh, Nick Villiano, I spoke to him for the first time, and we, we talked hockey. I mean, there was, like... The who's who of Devil's personalities were in, um, were in American Whiskey prior to the game. And it was awesome because you just feel this vibe that everybody sees what is going on and everybody knows what's going on. The energy, and it was early too. This is like 4.30. The game's a, a, you know, a 7 o'clock game. They're going to do the, the 2003 Cup um, ceremony about 6 30 so this is like pretty early and man the place the vibe in that place 
Devils fans have come out of the woodwork. They fi- we finally have something to cheer about. And everyone just seems so excited. The energy was out of control. So they had rock and roll part two going in there. They had Rangers sucks chant going in there. It was just a whole vibe into itself. And I had mentioned it on my previous episode. I said, I'm telling you, like, if the Devils land Meyer, the energy is going to be just off the chain when it comes to the Prudential Center. And Saturday night, we ended up, we got in there. I mean, I yelled, we want Timo during the National Anthem like three weeks ago, I think it was. And now, like, you hear everybody in there screaming, we want Timo. And they bring the Stanley Cup out, Consmite Trophy out, which the Consmite Trophy went to Jean-Sebastien Jaguerre that year, which is total bullshit, by the way. Berdour had three shutouts in one series, and it went to the goalie on the opposing team. That is, like, so insulting. I don't think we've seen it since. We haven't seen a... We haven't seen a consummate trophy go out to a player on the losing team of a Stanley Cup since. Not that I can remember anyway, so I, I, I'm not digging into it right now. But either way, I don't even understand how that's possible after you post three shutouts in one series. But regardless, they had um, Pat Burns' wife come out and Scott Stevens with the cup and... The whole team is there, and they're taking the picture at center ice, and the energy in the building was really it was really cool to see. And what was really nice, too, was you had the Devils team on the bench watching these legends come out who have had success, who are now, you know, part of Devils history and legends of the franchise. And you almost felt like this is what Nico and Jack needed to see because they're the next... They're the next error of potential um, Devils legends. Like, it's a very good chance if Nico and Jack stay with this team for a long time that their numbers could eventually end up in the rafters of the Prudential Center. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but that's the ocean in the background. This is cool. I'm sitting outside right now. It's like 80 degrees. It's uh, 1030 in Costa Rica. So... The, the game starts off, and um, the fans were just... It was awesome. And there were hardly any Flyer fans in there. I mean, typically, when the Devils play the Flyers, there's about maybe 30% are Flyer fans in there being obnoxious. Not, not on this night. Not on Saturday. And the Devils came out, and they had a very rough first period. And... You know, my father kept telling me, he's like, I just want to see him play a really complete game, like, from start to finish. And me, and I did as well. And I thought they played a complete game versus Winnipeg, but after seeing the Montreal game, it was a little disappointing. They won, you know, they won by the skin of their teeth first, the Kings. Um, and then after this rough first period, I don't know what the hell happened during the first intermission. I don't know if Scott Stevens went in there and started smacking people around or what, but the Devils came out from the second period on, and when I tell you, it was an ass-kicking. I mean, 
forget that it was seven to nothing. The dominance and the way that they played was incredible. And it came from so many different players on the team. It was so encouraging because we had been looking for secondary scoring for a while. That's been a, a, an issue with this team. And it came from everybody. And it was like everybody got to see their favorite player score a goal, regardless of who it was. Mercer stayed on a roll. Um, Dougie had one. Nico had one. Jack had one. It was... Brat had one. I mean, the spinorama pass, back, backhand pass to Brat was from Hughes was like people's minds were being blown, and it was a full-blown party at the Rock on Saturday night. So the We Want Timo chant started going that I believe the Brat Pack started, and the not for Mercer chants started going and the fuck the Eagles chants were going and it was just Bauman was going the whole the whole thing it was it was a real celebration and you could feel that our fan base really felt like Timo Meyer was a legit possibility and this team is the real deal and you were wondering if we were to get Timo what we would have to give up um, so that was on Saturday night. So, not to get too personal, but I had to fly out um, with my family. We're going on vacation. We're flying out to Costa Rica. I had to fly out at like 5 a.m. So I came home from the game, woke up early, went to Newark, flew out, and we landed in San Jose. And I saw that, and I'm on Twitter, and it's saying that okay, we're about to have, it's, it looks like Timo could be traded within the next 24 hours. So from San Jose, I had to take a puddle jumper that went from San Jose to Tambor. And the deal gets struck while I'm on the puddle jumper. And when I tell you this plane is small, I mean literally like, I'm sitting in the pilot's lap small. Like, this is the smallest plane ever. And I got my kids with me, and I am refreshing Twitter like a complete maniac. So Pierre Lebrun announces the Devils have traded for Timo Meyer. And I'm freaking out. But I can't... They haven't given the return yet, so I'm obviously like, this is great, but who did we have to give up? And as you all know... This went on for literally, like, I don't know. I felt like an eternity, but it went on for a long time. And I'm on this, like, little flight, and I'm, like, yelling, and I'm excited, and I'm high-fiving the family. And there's other people on this flight. There's, like, four or five other people on this flight. They're looking at me like I'm freaking crazy. Um, but you go back and you look at what the trade is. We finally landed. I'm, like, out of battery at this point I'm in the middle of nowhere and um, you look at what the trade is and the fact that Fitzgerald didn't have to give up not even Alexander Holtz so forget about Mercer forget about Nemitz he didn't even give up Holtz and to me this is like such a huge W because it you know I don't know if the Sharks didn't want him, but I feel like this gives this kid 
another chance. He has another life. And I think that Holtz can be a legit player and can be a legit scorer. And if you maybe, if he's not playing in a, he could be a complimentary player. Like, he's still a top six, or let's say he's a middle six guy. His hockey sense, he might have to work on. But now is when you invest in this kid. The fact that the Devils did not have to give up any of their top prospects in order to get Timo Meyer, to me, is such good work by Tom Fitzgerald, and nobody should question him moving forward. Nobody. Tom Fitzgerald has literally put us in a position to where we could literally we could be a dynasty. That's how that's how good we are as far as our prospects go. Now you have to make it all happen when you're out on the ice. But I'll I'm not questioning Tom Fitzgerald ever again. I was not a fan of the Shakira Mukamadulin draft pick. Um I was not a fan of the Chase Stillman draft pick. But he was able to move Mukamadulin, Zetterlin, who I was I I like Zetterlin. And I think Zetterlin has potential. But the guy has one goal in his last 25 games. He has played good, especially the last two weeks, three weeks. He's played really good. But to give up Zetterlin, Mukumadulin, Uhutuk is was not going to play for the Devils. Let's be real. You didn't have to give up Ball, and then you give up a late first-round pick this year. And you would like to think that the first-round pick next year is also going to be very late. The difference between a, a high first-round pick and a late first-round pick is a huge difference. It's huge. Once you get into the late first rounds, especially like 25 and up, and the early second rounds, they're very similar. It goes based upon preference. So it's, not, it's, not, it's really not like the NFL draft where you know you have your top 40 players and these guys are getting picked all all these people are coming off the board it's going to be very chalky it's it's not really like that i think it's based upon preference because you have kids that are playing all over the world and they're playing in all different leagues so you're basically you're depending on who your scouts are depending on what kind of skill set you're looking for it's very very different you know you look last year it's like the devils picked like five right-handed defensemen and um you know the devils didn't even have to give up casey it's it's really impressive how they were able to pull this off. Now, Meyer doesn't have a contract, but you have to think that I know I would almost be 100% sure that Fitzgerald and Lemieux have talked about a potential extension and they're close and they felt he felt comfortable enough to where he knew he can get it done. The beauty of the whole thing is if you know that you have a chance to get an extension done prior, even if you paid him next year for his qualifying offer at $10 million, if you knew that you were going to be able to sign him long-term and you were traded him without the contract, you gave up less because he didn't have an extension. So it's almost a double win. If they could figure out a way, if he can come and play and fall in love with this team and really gel and he's able to take a little bit of a hometown discount and maybe sign the jack deal at eight for eight it would change it would change a lot because it would set the tone it would let other players including jesper bratt know 
Nobody makes more than Jack Hughes moving forward, and that's the biggest deal you're going to get from here. Realistically, you're not going to be signing many more big-name free agents in the future, especially long-term. But let's say Luke Hughes comes out and he looks like a total beast or Nemitz looks like a total beast. It's like they're not going to be getting these extreme contracts that, you know, maybe the Dougie contract is where it stopped and everybody else takes a Boston Bruin type approach where everyone is, their contracts are always are going to be fair, but they're not going to be over the top and they're not going to handicap your team moving forward when it comes to the cap space. This, this has been, this is such a huge move for the Devils. You know, the way that when Dougie Hamilton signed here as a free agent, it let the rest of the league know that there are people that want to go and play in New Jersey. And you see what Jack Hughes is doing, and you see how Heischer has been. Heischer looks like he could put up 30 goals this year. And I, and I said in my, I think it was my first or second podcast, that if Heischer puts up 30 goals, he's going to be in the Selkie. I, I could picture him being a Selkie candidate. Hughes is on an MVP-type level. The future is so incredibly bright. I just think that not giving up any of your top prospects and getting a guy like Meyer, who plays with so much physicality, which our team lacks a lot, like, this is a big deal. Like, he's going to play in front of the net, but he plays in front of the net with skill. So you think of some of the other power forwards in the league or you think of some of these guys that play in front of the net, like, they don't all come with the same kind of skill set. And when you look at the heat maps for Timo Meyer's shots, they all come from inside the slot right around the crease we don't have anybody that plays on the doorstep the way that Timo Meyer can. And that's something that you're really going to need if you want to make a run in the playoffs. And, like, I compare them to, you know, you look at you look at a team like Colorado, and it's like they have the Nathan McKinnon, who would be like the Jack Hughes. You have, like, and I'm not saying that their games are very similar. I'm just saying they all they're, they're different players that cover – different spectrums of the game that you need to make a complete team. You have the Miko Rantanen, you have the Gabe Landeskog, you have the Kel McCarr, um, and it goes all the way down the, you know, you have the Sam Girard. These are guys that you need different types of players to have to play in different situations. And Timo Meyer is one of, if not the best player at playing around the net in the league. I mean, the amount of shots that he takes is second to none. He, you know, he leads. It's him and Pasta. They, they're the they're the shot leaders in the league. And I haven't been as proud to be a Devils fan as I've been in the past twenty four hours, in literally like twenty years. I've been watching this team a long, long time, and it's been. It's been very tough. This has been a really rough decade plus for this team. And honestly, like I I think we're positioned to be better than the Kovalchuk Parisi years. We we haven't even had I mean we have 
two of the top four best prospects in the entire world that have never suited up in an NHL game yet. This is going to be insane. And it's not going to be insane for a year. This is going to be insane for like 10 years. Everything, you know, the way that I, the way that I try to explain it to people who don't like hockey or that are not hockey fans, I say, basically, we, we had this giant garden and we, and there was not much growing in it and we didn't have anything and we sold off whatever we had and we got a bunch of seeds and we planted all of them at the same time and everything is starting to come everything is starting to grow at the same time and I don't think there's going to be a problem with cap space I don't think that you're going to need to go out if you're able to sign Meyer to an extension you're not going to have to go out and get any kind of like serious impact player in free agency that's going to be very expensive you're going to be adding role players depth players fourth liners third liners sandpaper guys guys that you could get for cheap guys that teams who are trying to rebuild will eat some of their cap space or eat some of their salary so you can fit them under your cap the devil's positioning is amazing and Tom Fitzgerald deserves so much credit because he has literally made all of this happen. Um, you know, Shiro was part of it too, but for the most part, for a first time general manager like Tom Fitzgerald, I was a little, you, you never know what you're going to get. And I was definitely skeptical with some of these draft picks. Um, Medulin and it was basically just Medulin and and Stillman and I don't know what Stillman's going to be but if you were able to flip them and turn them into a, a guy in his prime who's 26 years old and fits our team like a glove and this, the connection with our captain and everything else Dougie Hamilton the whole thing If you're a Devils fan right now, and and God damn, there's a lot of us. There are a lot of Devils fans. This isn't like the '90s. I grew up in the '90s to where you would go to a playoff game, the first round of the playoffs weren't even sold out. Now it's like a whole, it's like a, two more generations of people have come out of the woodwork, and it's like such a beautiful thing to see, like. More importantly, like, the guys on the team are easy to root for. How could you not love Vitek Manacek? How could you not love a kid like Nico Heischer, who is literally, would do, you could tell, is just such a quality person. Timo Meyer, such a quality person. Dougie Hamilton, like, th- this is a team that you could root for and you have connection with. And not that they sacrifice playing in a big market, but they're not looking to go somewhere else to, to do something. Jack Hughes signing a long-term contract as a number one overall pick to be here and be a champion in New Jersey. 
This is something really special, guys. And I hope that everyone, and I know everyone is, so I'm not hoping. But everybody freaking out on the internet right now and going crazy on Twitter and this and that. Enjoy it. Go nuts. You deserve it. This is part of the fun. We are the team now. We got the juice now. Go ahead, Rangers. Go get Patrick Kane. I dare you. We'll run you over. Speaking of which, did you see Keandre Miller spit on Drew Doughty? It's freaking gross, but... Man, this has just been a very, very special week, and I can't wait to see Meyer in a devil's jersey playing with with our team for the first time. Sounds like his upper body injury is nothing to worry about, but I didn't want to not give you guys any content, even though I'm on vacation. My wife's probably not very happy with me right now. Um, she's probably wondering what I'm doing out here, but this is uh, this is very special. And I hope everyone acknowledges it. And I hope you guys um, enjoyed checking out the podcast and stuff. And I'm trying to do my best to give you guys as much funny devil's content and cool devil's content as possible. Um, Feel free to spread the word. But thank you to everybody who covers the devils. and, And I'm really happy to be sharing this insane time to be a Devils fan with everybody people are happy I posted it might have been the happiest bathroom I've ever been in in the Prudential Center people were freaking out on Saturday night and rightfully so they have it's like it's good to have some good vibes going around even the people that work there are so happy to see the team being successful but it's going to be uh it's going to be a really fun ride and uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. And, yeah, I look forward to uh, covering the games this week as they go on a little Western road trip. So I'll be watching it from here. But um, my name is Bill Botch. And uh, on behalf of the Pickle, Tickle, and uh, the rest of my family, congratulations, Devil fans from Costa Rica. From the trap, Bill Botch. I'm signing out. Peace.